Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the 2021 Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award, and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddow, and this is our series of interviews with the Feakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Long Listees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with the title sponsor, Feakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by award-winning author Louise Candlish. Hello. Hi. Hi, Joe. Hi, everyone. It's so nice to see you, Louise. It's been a, been a little while, um, but uh, it's, it's great to be able to connect like we're all doing at the moment over zoom absolutely it's kind of um, we're slowly coming out of this very flattened version of ourselves aren't we but it's still <laughs> yes. nice I've, I've enjoyed zooming i think because i'm i'm self-employed and i'm not invited to do very many zooms it's very different from the corporate you know meeting after meeting after meeting so i've kind of seen it as a lifeline you're one of those rare people who actually looks forward to a zoom now <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a positive mindset whenever, whenever I can muster it up. <laughs> and have you been writing and reading and have you been keeping well over this, this last year? Yeah, I have. I've, I've read a lot. Um, I've also written um, a, another book during lockdown. So um, it took me a little while to get going because I was very, you know, sort of my concentration was shot with the yeah. kind of, you know, constant vigilance about the news and, you know, feeling like a one woman Reuters um, but eventually I decided no more news, definitely not broadcast news because the visuals were, you know, so powerful um, and um, get down to some work. And so after a couple of weeks, I managed to sort of find that concentration. And, and luckily the ideas flowed. And I, and I know I, I've been lucky because not everyone has had that experience. No. And it's interesting you mentioned the news because I think that it is incredible how much it has affected people. And I know that I cut down to just sort of checking in once a week, certainly on, on the TV. Wow. That's yeah. good discipline. I, I yeah. haven't been able to do that. <laughs> um, but certainly I didn't need the the level of constant rolling news that, you know, I was consuming at one point. Yeah. But I did. I was definitely affected by not being able to go out and be kind of inspired because of my best ideas come when I'm walking around when I'm looking at places and people and you know eavesdropping and it was <laughs> it was strange to be cut off creatively like that I had to really dig inside you know my past experiences to get going um, which you know I hadn't realized quite how important I find it to just be out there in in the street and in society and, and interacting with people yeah yeah and I think for a lot of writers that's that's a big thing isn't it just even just having that time and space to let the ideas percolate in your head when you're wandering around or whatever yeah definitely and I think yeah. people think we're these lone wolves but actually we are um very inspired by people and situations and dilemmas and fear and human emotion yeah. um, particularly crime writers I think um 
and um, you know you need to you need to see some some dilemmas and some um, possible mistakes and um, you know things going wrong and pitfalls and it's quite hard to to just sort of get that from four walls. So um, yeah, it's been a strange time, definitely. <laughs> But uh, the the book before lockdown, the other passenger has been long listed. Congratulations! Thank um, you. I'm so happy. It's great news. Um, and I heard you describe this as commuter noir, commuter noir, which I absolutely love. So perhaps you could just set the scene of this latest novel for us for those that haven't read it yet. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and interestingly, you know, since I've written it, commuter life has closed down. And so I think there's now this added nostalgia element to this story. But yes, it's set on the Thames Clippers, which are catamarans that go up and down the Thames, um, transporting workers from the east and the west into the centre. And um, it's quite a glamorous way to travel, I suppose, compared to the tube or the you know overland train. And um, in the very first scene, our narrator, Jamie, um, is, um, is taking his usual service and he normally goes with his neighbour, a younger guy called Kit, and they've become friends. But Kit, it doesn't turn up that day. And um, when Jamie gets to his stop and gets off the boat, he's met, he's met by the police and they tell him that Kit's been reported missing by his wife and that Jamie is a suspect in his disappearance. And so, um, so yeah, you start off with this, this scene of this kind of beautiful, iconic journey into work. And then it ends with, you know, sort of um, police questioning. So you get straight into the action. And I did, I, I, I had wanted to write a commuter based story for a while. And of course we'd had the girl on the train and it's quite hard to follow something, you know, such a smash hit like that. And so I wanted to sort of keep away from trains. Yes. Um, but it didn't sort of leave much else. And, um, and so I kind of parked the idea for a while. Um, and then one day I was um, just getting the um, the tube was closed. I think it was a, it was the train I needed was cancelled, and so I had to get this um, this Thames Clipper down the river. And that's when I realised, oh my god, this is the most perfect setting <laughs> for a crime story. It's just so atmospheric, and London is so glamorous from this angle. And you see, it was it was being out and about that gave you that idea. That's why it's so important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. This book would not have happened in lockdown. This was, this is full of the exuberance of someone living living their life and being out exploring the world. And I, I live in London and I've never got the Thames Clipper. And, and na- having read the book, I'm like, oh, can't wait to go and try it. Not for a commute, not necessarily to commute, just, no, to, as a just to go on it. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It's an amazing way to see the sights. And I think people don't realise it. And I didn't. I mean, I've lived in London for over 30 years and I have never been on it either. Um, <laughs> and I think that's why we haven't seen it in crime fiction before, because we've sort of forgotten about it. Because mm. um, it's quite a sort of, um, you know, it's only a if, if you have to sort of live on the river to be able to do it. Otherwise, it becomes a bit complicated. Um, so it is a kind of niche transport yeah. system yeah. but that makes it all the more fascinating i think for a writer it's like our version of the staten island ferry or something yeah yeah actually there's a brooklyn ferry um that's very very similar and um the book is um is in development for a movie and we may well do it in new york because the 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 ferry equivalent is so fantastic going <laughs> from sort of out of brooklyn towards wall street so yeah it's exactly the same um, vibe coming in from the suburbs, you know, sort of notching up the the landmark buildings and, you know, getting that vibe of a, you know, really wealthy financial centre. Yes. Well, t- tell us about, you know, this big screen adaptation. What's happening? 
Um, it's with the screenwriter at the moment, so it's very early on in right. the process. So I've been told to expect years of um, <laughs> fun and games ahead. So for now, it's just, um, you know, it's um, it's early days. But I, it's such a visual novel, I think. For me, it feels like the most visual of my novels. So it's just, it feels like a really natural book to to get on screen because it's got that kind of Hitchcock cinematic feel. I, I hope that was what I was hoping to, mm. to bring to it. Um, and again, partly that's because the setting is so iconic and it's it's a gift. I didn't really have to do very much on that score. It's all there, the you know, the glossy exteriors and the the steel and the glass and all the money everywhere you look. Yeah. Oh well it, it may be a way off, but it's still exciting, isn't it? Still very yeah, exciting. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> As is being long listed for the biggest crime award in biggest award in crime fiction. So um congratulations again. How did how did you feel when you first heard? I was so thrilled, so thrilled because I have felt quite disconnected. And although the book has taken off in a big way with readers, I haven't been out meeting readers this time. Um, and so I was kind of in need of a boost, I think. And then I got the email from my editor and um, I just sort of gave a shriek of joy because it's such a prestigious award and all crime and thriller writers know it's the one. And I have been long listed before actually with our house. Um, but this time I shall be crossing my fingers to get to the next <laughs> stage. But I'm totally thrilled and really honoured. We've all missed Harrogate. You know, we weren't able to go last year. Uh, what have you missed about not seeing your crime writer mates? And what are you most looking forward to when we get back together again? I'm really just looking forward to um, talking with with a big group of people about books and hearing other authors talk about their books, meeting readers, signing copies, having lots to drink, having a hangover, um, <laughs> and just just all of those things that we associate with a brilliant book festival. Just like minded people, you know, gathering en masse. It's that kind of group thing that I miss. I'm mm. not at all nervous about going into a crowded room. I'm, you know, it's bring it on as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Jab me up and bring yeah, it on. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really look forward to uh, being in that crowded room with you when we can then. Um, remember, all of our long-listed books are available to buy from WH Smith. And if you've already got a copy of Louise's book and you've read it and you know that you want this one to be the winner, well, head over to Harrogate theakstoncrimeaward.com and you can cast your vote there. Louise, what an absolute pleasure. It's lovely to see you again, albeit virtually, and uh, <laughs> here's to when we're in the same crowded room together. <laughs>